Hello, everybody, and welcome to In the Doll World, a show spotlighting the passion and the people of the doll community. With your host, Georgette Taylor, former vice president and co-founder of Big Beautiful Dolls, and Tammy Fisher, owner of Curiosity Dolls and Collectibles. Join us as we talk to and feature fascinating new dolls and doll artists, from avid collectors to repainters, redesigners, bloggers, all the people in between as they share their journeys, give us glimpses into their processes and what propels their passion and drive that help to keep the doll world moving and shaking. Here are your hosts, Georgette and Tammy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on In the Doll World. I'm Tammy Fisher, and I'm here today with my wonderful co-host, Miss Georgette Taylor. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Miss Georgette Taylor. <laughs> and today's special guest is Pat Henry. And so many of you already know her if you're in the doll world. Pat is the publisher of Fashion Doll Quarterly, and we are elated and honored and excited to have her here. And those of yes. you who've been following us know that we got an endorsement from her, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> let's let's get Pat in the room. Hi, <laughs> nice. Nice. Pat. Nice to be here with you, ladies. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, we are so it. excited to have you here. It's nice yes. to uh, interact with humans. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to start with your um, your journey, your doll journey. You know, tell us about how you began and then how you moved into the fashion doll quarterly. Um, okay, well, I'll give you the short version. Uh, the only thing I ever played with as a kid were Barbie dolls. I okay. got my first Barbie doll, who was a Titian swirl at age three. Okay. No interest in animals or playing school or running around on bicycles. I wanted Barbies, more Barbies, more Barbies. Okay. So then we jumped to me being in college and I went to FIT and I studied fashion, merchandising and marketing. And I wanted to be a stylist, at which point my mother said, so basically you're still just playing with Barbie dolls, but they're real now. No, oh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, after doing that for 20 years and producing photo shoots and dealing with booking models, um, I was an editor at Vogue, an editor at Elle, uh, worked in advertising and did all that kind of stuff. So by proxy, I would say, working with the photographers, working with other editors, I understood the magazine process. And when I started collecting dolls again as an adult, um, I had a business partner who said, you know, we should, we should launch a magazine. And I said, no, that sounds like such a pain in the ass. <laughs> no, nah. Right. No, no. I won't um, be able to play with dolls anymore if I do that. Right? That's and, but that's the thing. It started mm -hmm. to connect that, well, if I like playing with the dolls. And, and the other thing is my husband had given me one of the first digital cameras. It was like a huge one pixel camera or something. <laughs> and I said, what the hell do you want me to do with this? What kind of hostile present is this? It's like buying me a vacuum cleaner. He said, oh, I thought maybe you'd like to use it. And I said, Dude, and with what? What am I going to shoot? He said, why don't you take pictures of your Barbies? So I thought, all right. So I started doing that. And then um, Tim Alberts asked me to work on his hat book and his shoe book with him. And we photographed all of that stuff on my dining room table with two Chinese wow. lanterns that were sitting in dog bowls. So wow. we were real low tech <laughs> okay. with our the, this big Olympus <laughs> camera that was literally like one megapixel. Tim was one of the original Gene Team designers. A lot of people know him from that. And he's designed for Madame Alexander. Okay. Um, and so he embarked on doing a shoe book 
which was the art of making miniature fashion doll shoes. Okay. And so I photographed that for him. And then we did the art of miniature millinery, which mm. was a beautiful hat book. So okay. that really got us up to speed. And then I really had to learn how to lay out a book <laughs> and uh, figure out how this all worked so it would go to the publisher. And so I was kind of inadvertently picking up all of these skills out of necessity, <laughs> people mm. asking me to do stuff. And um, and then Doug James and Laura Meisner were doing the CED dolls and they asked me to shoot their ads for Dolls Magazine and Doll Reader at the time. So I was starting to pick up all these sort of little gigs of, can you shoot this? Can you shoot that? And so by the time <clears throat> the idea of a magazine came up and I was kind of not sure, it all sort of made sense. I picked yeah. up all of the skills for it. I had the interest in dolls. And being in New York City was a huge advantage because I could go visit Mel Odom and Jason Wu and Doug James and um, Tim Alberts. And I could go to the Mattel showroom and the Brat showroom mm. in those days anyway. Um, and even later, I could hang out with Andrew Yang and I could go mm -hmm. visit Josh McKinney before they moved out to L.A. So I was really... Um, perfectly placed access wise for for all of these people to know them talk to them mm -hmm. visit with them see the stuff they were working on so that was that was a big help yes. certainly than being someplace where you can't get to people that easily mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. now it's different but uh it wasn't as easy to get FaceTime with people even with the Tyner company which is an hour and a half from New York City but is actually mm -hmm. maybe a half an hour from where I am now um okay I, I, they were sort of like, well, we don't live near New York. It's like, I, you don't understand. I have a car. I live nearby. I'm coming. <laughs> Open the door. I'm coming for you. So it just, it kind of spread that way because mm -hmm. of um, logistics, really, you know, just being in the right place at the right time. Some truth yeah. to that old saying. So yeah, that's true. There's, a, there's a lot of insight. If you can sit in the offices of Madame Alexander or the Tonner doll club in those days, uh, doll company, I mean, um, you see what's going on. It's not just an interview. You see what people are doing. Oh, who's that? Who? Oh, that one makes all the hats. That's interesting. Oh, look at that box of tiny purses. I'm going to shoot that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So your your headspace is different because you're there with them. Mm. And that's a tremendous difference. You know, and even in the beginning when Jason first launched his dolls and he had you know, five dolls to that he brought over in a shopping bag to my house and that I photographed. <laughs> Um, you know, getting in on the ground floor, as it were, I think made a big difference because it gave the magazine a real point of view. We weren't just talking out of our butts. We actually knew these people. Right, right. We had questions for them. We, and I, I think, too, being the fashion industry for so long, um, I understood fashion, you know, not mm -hmm. just as, oh, that's pretty, that's shiny, but actual construction, yeah. uh, styling, presentation. And I had been a fashion stylist for 20 some odd years. So that made sense. I could do that in miniature. Yeah, you could style the magazine, which is really one of, one of the things I think that differentiated you from other yeah. magazines, you know, was mm -hmm. the style of the magazine in general for it and for it to be a magazine about dolls and you know, information about dolls. Nobody's really saw that 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 take on it or like you presented it. So, well, the weird thing was magazine. also in the real world, <laughs> my <laughs> friends and acquaintances would say, that's amazing, that magazine. Why don't you do a real magazine? <laughs> a real magazine. I am doing okay. a real magazine. <laughs> okay. Brought out the Bronx in me. I was like, yeah. "Excuse me, what did you say to my face?" 
it, they meant it as a compliment, but it was kind yeah, of like, that's not, oh, yeah. you're a doll person? Why don't you mm. do a grown-up thing or a real thing? I was like, this is as real as it gets. This magazine is sold all over the world. Totally Bronx girl coming out. Totally. I'm from the South Bronx, so I just want you to know I can can relate to that. (laughs) You understand, yep. Like, who are you talking? Okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I left the I left the coarser words out. (laughs) I'm sure you understood what the other words were in there, but (laughs) so you know, so that was part of it too. Is is busting out of the the doll world and making it a little more legitimate. So we always have kept up the quote from. Variety. They did an interview with me a long time ago and called us the Vogue of the doll world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that made me very happy because I worked at Vogue and I wanted it to be that level of quality printing, but also, you know, intelligent discussion and uh, more in-depth or interesting takes other than this is a new doll. Here's another new doll. This is a doll that looks like a doll. This one looks like a dog, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have a and then we were lucky. You know, we met a lot of really interesting people that that contributed, that added to it. Yes, the doll world's full of interesting people. That's <laughs> that's that's been amazing for us. I was talking to my husband recently, and he was saying to me that he and my daughter were having a conversation recently, and we release a show every week. And he was saying, "I, I don't know how much longer you think you can do the show because aren't you running out of people?" I said, we haven't even began to touch. And you just told them, like, we're interviewing somebody who had a doll magazine. 17 years? Was it 17 yes. years? I mean, yes. so you found, yeah. and, and having a magazine, you have to have a lot of content. Not just one guest. You got to have a lot of yes. guests. So it is tons of things to write about. I wanted to know, who was your first, so when you did your the, your first um, magazine and you brought that out, who was your first, like, as major featured guest on that magazine? That was Jason Wu. He wow. was just starting with fashion. Royalty. I love Jason Wu. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so uh, they had already released the first line of fashion royalty and he was developing an articulated body, which people mm-hmm. forget unless you have some of the oldest dolls that they were, they had straight arms. They had bent mm-hmm. knees. They weren't very articulated. And so it was a big deal mm-hmm. that this doll was going to be jointed. So we decided the theme of the first issue would be movement because she could actually sit and ride a Vespa. Mm. So that's why she's riding a Vespa on the cover. (laughs) Okay. Um, Nice. And at that time, it's hard to remember now, but at that time people were very against joints. They thought they were ugly and they liked to display dolls. Their dolls were on the shelf. They were there to be counted and to be boxed or deboxed. And maybe you dust them and put them on another shelf with digital photography. All of that changed because everybody was a photographer now. We never used to take pictures of our dolls. That was, you know, very few people did, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or you'd have to have someone photograph them for you because most people weren't photographers or didn't consider themselves that way. And with digital, you could have such immediate gratification and get these shots done. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for me, teaching at FIT, I can also take classes. So I took a Photoshop course back in 2000. And uh, wow, people were like, what is that? And so from the beginning, I realized, well, dolls are perfect for image manipulation and layering and putting them in different backdrops and kind of having fun with scale. And that had not been done. People were just catalog shot, you know, seamless paper, mm-hmm. doll on a pink background, doll on a blue background mm-hmm. with the stand showing and them, you know, staring into space <laughs> looking like creepy dolls. <laughs> 
And I didn't want to do that. So from the get go, it was shoot them like Vogue models, no mm. stands, posing, moving, doing things, having props. Um, it was fun because of the technology changing that digital and Photoshop and the internet exploding. You had more contact with doll collectors. You had more ideas. You had, you had ability to shoot mm -hmm. because years before when I would contribute to Barbie Bazaar, you know, you take your picture, you'd have to bring them to the, the photo mat and wait a week and hope they turned out okay. Mm -hmm. And then mail them with a typed article that if there was any problem, you'd have to retype it and resend it. And it was, you know, old school. And all of that changed. And now suddenly we had people from Australia and Japan and the UK and Italy sending us stuff. Yes. So you get to go global really fast because of technology. Yes, and that was a big difference true. too. Yeah, yeah. An old yeah. doll reader or even an old Miller's, which I loved. It's very narrow. It's mostly corporate stuff and an occasional look at a collector's you know, shelf. <laughs> and you know yeah. that now you can talk to anybody you want and see anybody's collection. And, you know, the world is literally at your command. So that's mm -hmm. that's that was a big change. And that was a big help for us. Okay. Yeah. First started, were you doing all the articles yourself or did you have other people, you know, contributing? Well, I used to have a business partner. So mm -hmm. the original deal was she would take care of the writing. I take care of the photography and layouts. Oh, okay. Okay. And then when that went out the door, then I did everything. Oh, wow. So that was an interesting learning experience. Um, I love writing though. So mm -hmm. it was okay to do it, but it was just a lot of extra work. So what happened was the more I would do the writing, the more other people would do the photography. Okay. Um, okay. If you look at the earlier issue, the earlier issues, there's more of my photography and there's very little in the end because it, it was easier to find people to take pictures of their dolls. It's very hard mm -hmm. to find good writers, quite frankly. That's true. Yes. And yes. so I would, I would have to fill in holes and write based on what people were giving us. You just kind of have to work around that. So one of the things that helped us was theming. Every issue had a theme okay. that focused everybody. If this mm -hmm. is the bridal issue, you get it. You know what to do. This is the glamour issue. This is movement. This is cool Britannia. This is holiday issue. So uh, that helped tremendously because then, for example, with the accessories issue, there were people that do props and, and do great mm -hmm. dioramas. So you went after those people. Right. And then your contributors understood what to do. They were like, I don't yeah. know what to do this month. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at the list. There is a theme. And, and it helped tremendously because people really followed that theme and figured out what to bring back, which was great. That seems like it would be definitely a lot more streamlined doing it that way mm -hmm. for writers. Cause you're right. You know, everybody's just going to start throwing in so many different articles and you have to decide, well, what are we going to feature? But at least in this, you have an idea. Like if it's not that theme, then it doesn't get put in the article. So yeah. That I, I think sense. that was an advantage for me having worked at two major magazines was understanding how editors mm. work. Okay. You don't just publish everything they give you or anyone who sends you a crappy picture of a toilet paper dress. You know, you have, you set a goal, you know, you make a demand that it, it, ha it can't be this. So early on, I would say no stands. I accept no stand pictures. You're out. I will never speak to you again. People thought I was kidding. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, no, this is, this is a thing. Very serious. If I, if I like tattoos, it would be on my arm. No stands. <laughs> that made people try harder because they had to figure out how to shoot without how to stand. Shoot. Yeah, yes. that's true. And yeah, that prompted me to write that. the photography book because I thought, all right, I have to just tell everybody what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to listen to me and do what I say. So I wrote In Focus, which was specifically about photographing dolls for collectors. Mm -hmm. 
And so there are certain issues with taking pictures of small objects that are not the same for people, Mm -hmm. uh, certain things that are the same for people that you should do with dolls. And so things like no stands, comb the damn hair. I I don't understand what that is. Um, Bad lighting, of course, is a given, but I understand that because that takes a bit of training. Mm -hmm. And just things like styling it and make sure the hand touches the hip. Make sure the doll is not staring into space because that's what people hate. That's what's creepy. Right. So, um, so then we embarked on that. We did, we did a book. Um, then we did a book with kingdom doll. Uh, I, I wrote a book about Robert Tonner. So each respective uh, connection brought mm-hmm. me into another connection in publishing or writing or taking pictures with different companies, which was great. That's cool. Wow, you had a fascinating journey. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I'm excited just to listen to it. It's like yeah. so many people you've met and like you said, f- photographed and, and and did interviews with, especially, you know, years ago, 17, 15 years ago, you know, you don't you don't think about a Jason Wu being on the cover when he first started. A lot of people now just know Jason Wu because he's he's already famous in in a sense. You know what I mean? But when he started, mm-hmm. like, oh, he's bringing you, you know, you know, dolls in his shopping bag or stuff like that. They're so cool. <laughs> well, I think that, again, the fashion experience helped me because I I don't approach dolls like a lot of collectors do. I don't buy duplicates. I don't buy repaints. Um, I do like one of a kinds if there's something I like, like Dior. So I have a little mm-hmm. collection of Dior dolls because that's my my little obsession. So I look at them as museum pieces that have a certain purpose and meaning to me as opposed to, I need everything from this collection. I'm going to go into debt and buy everything at this convention. I never did that. I just right. never did that. If I don't mm-hmm. like it, I don't buy it. And That's so good. my collection is different. Well, everyone's collection is different, but um, I think I just have a slightly different approach about why I have them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes it's sense. Yeah. Quantity. It's, it's, it's not even quality. Sometimes sometimes it's just emotional connection, connection. Like a nanny doll you know just some things make me laugh <laughs> some things are you know I've got action figures and certain things I like because I like them you know mm-hmm. yeah I have Daenerys Targaryen on a shelf next to James Bond and next to the Avengers and then there's some Mickey Mouse stuff and then you know it it, it changes based on pop culture too you know yeah. what, yes. what's going on out there what's exciting you know of course I have a bunch of Wonder Woman dolls and so uh, I've always loved Wonder Woman, so that was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So it, it leaks into other areas that aren't just your typical fashion doll thing, but I think we all do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely think so. But like it's, but like you said, I think it's just emotion. It's what connects you, what you feel that draws you that draws you in, and that's generally what you start collecting. You know, that you feel yeah, that has meaning to you personally. Yes, definitely. It's for you, and somebody else is going to pick something else off the same shelf, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the fun part. It's not all. The same. the same, right? Yes, that's true. I think one of one of my dolls, one of the big beautiful dolls, Deja, was in a collection. Was in a, the Perot Museum. Uh, she, she was part of the a collection that Debbie Garrett had, and they had asked her to be part of this uh, collection of um, uh, collectors, and it was called the Eye of the Collector. And there was so many different things. You know, I went there. They had Lego collections. They had a Debbie Garrett's dolls, her, her collection. And then they had uh, all different types of collectors. But I was just fascinated by the diversity of all the different things that people collected. The whole other thing about collecting, though, too, 
that fascinates me because many years ago, I was interviewed by a guy who said, I found your magazine. I'm doing my dissertation on childhood trauma and the adult manifestation of anxiety. And I thought, <laughs> what are you talking to me about? Where is this going to go? And he said, I, I understand that you state that this is a magazine for adult collectors. I said, yes. So why do you think adults collect dolls? They're toys. I said, well, that, you know, that's subjective. I mean, I don't yeah. think they're toys. I don't play with them like a child does. And I, I said basically what I just said to you guys about fashion and mannequin, mm-hmm. you know, piece, mm-hmm. emotional connection. And he was really trying to get me to say that because we were horribly mangled somehow as children, emotionally or physically, that we couldn't grow up and we were still playing with toys. And I said, you know, nice try. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not giving you that. <laughs> Do what you want, but I, no, don't think so. Uh, I'm not going there. It, it might be true with some people, like any given group of people, but. Right. Yes. In my experience, and I've I've been to just about every kind of convention, I have been very fortunate. I've traveled to, to Australia, to Japan, throughout Europe, and throughout the United States for dolls and for the magazine. And you meet as ver- varietal a group as you would for any other thing, no matter what job. If you went to a plumbing convention right. or you went to a needlework convention, there are the eccentrics and then there are the very successful people. And then there are people in between. There are the people like to dress up. There are people right. that, um, I don't know, you know, there's just every kind of type. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> But I think also, too, it becomes a family thing. You know, it becomes a yes. part of a family, especially when you go to the conventions or the conferences or whatever that deal with the dolls or, or anything you collect. You just feel like you're, you're not alone. It's a part of a family that you yeah. have. A, you can have a conversation with somebody to talk about it and they're not looking at you like, huh, what you talking about? You know, so it, it makes you feel like you belong, you know, and I, and I think and I think when we even on the show and I know you definitely have. Uh, have uh, have probably talked about this in your magazine. It's just a matter of having something that represents you, you know, in a sense, you know, to make you feel like you belong to something. And so, yeah, I think those conventions and things like that bring out the people who want to belong and feel like they're part of a family and can have those conversations with people without them thinking, oh, so you got a magazine for dolls. Oh, you know, it's like, yeah, I do. And it's important because other people like these dolls, but so I think it is, it's about that too, about family. I, I think you make a good point about connecting because it represents you, because that was not always the case as you. Right. Yes. When I first started collecting, all the dolls were white and mm-hmm. there'd be one token friend of color, of some right. kind of color. It was usually the same doll in a darker skin tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly but surely, it, even as Mattel had Christy and they had Julia, but that's still a relatively small amount of dolls per capita. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with technology and realizing there are more people out there willing to buy a doll if you give them what they want was against the old school marketing because, for example, Doll Reader and Dolls and Madame Alexander were all run by men who obviously did not care about dolls. And Mattel was run by a man because this was after, uh, what's her name? Um, Ruth Handler. uh, After Ruth, uh, there was another woman in the 80s that was very popular. She did a lot for Mattel. Anyway, okay. by and large, it's straight white men running the show, as as is everything. 
And so they just would say, oh, well, black dolls don't sell, or we don't put black on the cover, or (laughs) male dolls don't sell, or uh, we've never even done an Asian doll. (laughs) You know, how how would we do that? You know, that kind of thing. And then little by little, because people were in touch with each other and online and having a say in things, they started to realize, oh, yeah, actually, people want a variety of dolls, just like they have in their lives, you know, Mm -hmm. they want different hair colors and skin tones, and they want different facial facial sculpts, they want, right, they want them to have boyfriends and girlfriends and siblings and, Mm -hmm. and parents and whatever, and to dismiss it all as this is the only thing people want, right. Um, was was an uphill battle for a lot of the women I know because there's still mm-hmm. very few women in the industry still. Wow. Dolls are generally for little girls, although now it's for everybody. But um, like I was looking at your list of people. I was just going to say that. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all guys. So yeah. There's a lot of guys in there. A lot of guys. And so that does color the, the product mm-hmm. literally as far as what you're going to get because they're making the decisions for us. And so mm-hmm. we have to speak out and say, no, this is what I want. And this is where my wallet is going to go. Right. And I yeah. think that, um, for example, someone like Jason being young and gay and Asian, he got that very early on. And so, and Percy being a man of color yeah. and, and an immigrant and all those elements, they were much more open to, of course, there have to be different skin tones. They have to have dedicated sculpts. They have to actually really be black or Asian or, or Puerto Rican or very specifically from a certain country. And, and people responded to that. They love that. Mm-hmm. And they connect more personally. And now you see that's kind of the default for any doll companies that there have to be a diverse group of characters, Yeah, you know, whether they're related or they have a storyline or not. There has to be something for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, we're starting to see a lot more of that, but we're st- we are still hearing people very commonly when we interview a black person. the The reason that they're making their doll is because they couldn't find one, mm-hmm. and when they talk to people at the store, the store told them nobody buys them. So that that yeah. story is still even today. Yeah, still circulating. There are a lot of parallels between the doll industry and the beauty industry Mm -hmm. uh, as far as women trying to have their say, men running the show financially, um, someone like Madam C.J. Walker coming along and saying, I need stuff for me and for my Mm -hmm. people. And each respect, Rihanna now, like, I can't Mm -hmm. find my skin tone, damn it. I'm famous. You know, I have to make. I have to make a cosmetics company because you people aren't giving me what I want. Yeah. And so I think the same thing is going to have to happen with the doll community. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Kingdom doll are two women from the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel, and this might be my prejudice as a woman, mm-hmm. that their dolls are more uniquely beautiful because they are very feminine. They are mm-hmm. not a man's perception of a woman. They're a woman's mm-hmm. perception of a woman. Right. They're mm-hmm. slope and hang a little bit. They're not mm-hmm. up here like torpedoes. <laughs> you know what your breasts look like, but th- there is That's a lot true. to be said for that. So yeah. there are yes. little, little distinctions when a woman designs a doll. And yes. I think that was so much of Ruth Handler's success is that she was designing for her daughter. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about her own reality as a woman. Mm-hmm. Even Madame Alexander that long ago had a, a perception about children and little girls and women and beauty made it very successful. And so yeah. I, I think for 
people like yourself, Georgia, like you're putting yourself into your doll. So there is a connection to other women that you get it. Yeah. That it wouldn't be the same if you're, if you were George. (laughs) Right. Yes. I'm sure I'll get shit for being, you know, anti this or that because I'm too pro woman, but I'm a feminist and I don't feel like women are getting enough of the pie here. Right. Exactly. I mean, and I mean, I, I, I don't either, especially in this, in the, in the, in the doll, you know, community. I mean, we do a lot of people that we talk to are are generally, you know, guys and like, I mean, I would like to know where are the doll makers that are women out there, because I think that we have a voice and we have a say and we want dolls to represent who we are from our perspective, too. And I think that's just as important. So, mm-hmm. so why do you and think I, mean, that, I always ask people, so why aren't there more women designing dolls? So I think that part of it is, I mean, with everything, who's got the money and it's cost so much to make a doll. So I think that's part of it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, from it's not very many from idea to sketch to production to manufacturing. You know, I don't. I haven't seen too many. I, I think she's. I think she's right. Part of it is income. You know. Yeah. I think the majority of the time the women don't make that much money, even if you mm-hmm. are working. Uh, sometimes you're making money, but you don't have a family that you have to mm-hmm. take care of. And the investment part of actually manufacturing dolls is still very expensive for yeah. most. You know, for most people. Um, even when we started out, you know, when our big, beautiful dolls, it was incredibly crazy. And I was working and I think Audrey was working at some point, And I think that she stopped um, to do the dolls. But it was it was a, a fundraising effort all the time, you mm-hmm. know, to create and and to find people that could do a small run. I mean, so I think I think one one of the things is definitely financial. The other part, too, I think it's it is a man's world in that sense. And it's very hard to um i think a lot of times you get delusioned about once you create the doll what do you do with that because i don't think mm-hmm. they i don't think they understand the process on the back end of getting shelf space which is very hard to do and you sure. need a huge amount of quantity to even be in retail right. so i think a lot of times you have this idea this is what i want to do and then you realize oh yeah that's not going to happen right now you know mm-hmm. and so you do have small quantities and unless you have shows like this or other shows and magazines talking about those small doll makers out there nobody knows who they are yeah. you know and they're still producing really small quantities so yeah i think yeah. it's a combination of both they yeah are. nobody understands it. it when you're talking about making a doll how much it is people need to understand what's going on and there's a lot of depends on how you I'm, I'm I'm not using this word to be um, to be mean, but there's just a lot of ignorance in that people just don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So well, you've got that. It's, it goes back to emotional response. They love dolls, but they're not business people. They're mm-hmm. not yes. They're not production designers. They don't understand this money that you're talking about. Investment, time, yes. uh, licensing mm-hmm. fees, mm-hmm. engineers. Well, they, don't, they just want a doll. So it's purely emotional without any background. Now, when you look at all the people that you've interviewed, because mm-hmm. I've interviewed them too, Joseph Zechariz was an animator for Disney. Melo was right. an illustrator and artist of great renown for years before he did yep. Jane. Robert mm-hmm. Tana yeah. in the design business worked with Bill Blass. Jason was a design student, but a very precocious design student from an <laughs> early age and, and doing this stuff from the get-go. Mm-hmm. They didn't just say one day, I'm cooking for the kids. Maybe I should be a doll designer. Yes. Uh, when you talk to <laughs> Alex and Amanda of Kingdom Doll, Alex was going through a really rough divorce and moved 
back home to the UK and had nothing and no money, but she had skill and talent and an mm-hmm. education in the arts and did various things in the arts, everything from being a hairdresser to designing art- artisanal mm-hmm. tile. So she understood sculpting. Right. She's good with a camera and she's really good with computers. So she understood that she would embark on learning um, the 3D program so she could actually develop her dolls. Mm-hmm. Amanda is is well trained in fashion and can make the clothing. Mm-hmm. And they get along. They're very complementary in temperament. So it made sense. So much of their success is because they work 14 hours a day and work in their sleep. They're constantly self-promoting and sharing social media. And I really think it's because Alex is such an exceptional photographer that for a starting company, they came out of the gate with extraordinary images that were highly professional and the best looking things out in the market. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even if the other dolls might've been better or different or something you might've liked more side by side, she blew them away with her photography. Mm-hmm. So you, the point is you have to come into the come game with something. skills. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just like dolls. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is I, true. I, said this too, like, I, I worked at two major magazines. You know, <laughs> I worked mm-hmm. with the most famous photographers in the world. I worked with Penn and Avedon and, and Elgort and Mizell. I mean, I have... I have touched that realm of, right. of greatness, bringing that with me. I'm not just, oh, I just like dolls and pretty pictures of Dior dresses. You know, there's a whole mm-hmm. other thing going on there. But I tell people that want to embark into a career in the doll world, go back to school. FIT has a toy design program. Get a degree. If you can't do that, get a job at a toy company. Any mm-hmm. toy. You're not going to become head designer at Mattel. Just learn the game. And- but I, but I think it's true. I think you, you know, if you're not coming out of the gate, you know, with an, with, like you said, with any kind of background, you know, I trust me, I know because I did not, when me and Audrey, we, you know, she had an idea. She's like, Oh yeah, we could, you know, she saw I had, I was collecting dolls and she's like, Oh, we can make some money. That was like the last thing we did, you know, <laughs> let's make some money because we realized because being in that space, she started to understand. I don't have these talents. I don't have the information that I that I needed. I mean, thank goodness for Percy because Percy was very instrumental in us, you know, getting a sculptor, even sharing time with us. And, you know, we found him. I actually found him on a box of a, one of his dolls, integrity dolls. I went looking, okay, who can we who can we talk to? Because, you know, we had no idea. And so I was like, oh, this is a nice looking doll. And I said, it, it said Maryland. And I was like, oh, that's that's right around the corner from us. Let me start calling. And that's what I did way before the internet was popular. But we understood that we didn't really come into the game with any idea except for, hey, let's make some money because these are great dolls. And we could do a doll that looked like us because it wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. But that's all we came into the game with. We had no kind of, I had no artistic ability, you know what I mean? anything like that. And so we had to bring in those people in all areas. And then that's like you said, and, and at the end, that's why it costs us a lot of money, a lot more money. Because if you don't come in being able to sculpt or you don't come in with any kind of fashion design, you know, you can't do a, a dress, then you got to hire other people. And so I, I think you're so, you're so right about that. You have to, you know, have some kind of background to understand the process of what you're getting into. But it's timing too. Cause I think you were so ahead of the curve that mm-hmm. you were, you were too soon. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, because the whole, the being proud of your body, body consciousness and loving who you are is still new to women. Yeah. And when you brought out yeah. your dolls, I think people are like, all dolls should be skinny. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, 
models or something. Yes. We definitely were against the grain, that's for sure, you know. And yeah, so it's a, it's a very challenging thing to put out there and say, no, that this should look like you and it should look like real women. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 la, 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 la. So timing is a large part of it because yes. now everybody's onto that. Yes, everybody's so happy about being who they are, which they should be. But yeah, and they're having dolls that represent that. And people are saying, OK, we'll, you know, we'll we'll participate, you know, but uh, but it, it is it is a very challenging space, but it's also really very cool space you know at the same time it's really cool to create something and put something out that you thought about and now it's tangible you see it and it's and people either they like it or they don't you hope they do like it but it's still like you said it's like your baby it's your baby it becomes your baby so you know even if they don't like it this is the other thing I learned because I never used to be (laughs) thick-skinned I always took every criticism very personally because this magazine was my baby Mm-hmm. And then I realized it's actually, in a way, good that there are people that don't like it because they're responding. You made them look. They got mad. They got jealous. They got petty. <laughs> they still looked and give an opinion about what you did. And I always say, by all means, you go next. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Good luck. <laughs> Just yeah. do it. And, and then you do learn that, okay, there is a price to pay for your delicate nature <laughs> that you're gonna have to take a lot of grief and a lot of criticism and yeah and people are just gonna be rude to you i had a stalker for a while weirdo who would steal my pictures and then threaten to, to have me murdered on facebook groups and stuff because you were Ooh. doing a dumb okay. and i thought well i guess i've reached the pinnacle of success <laughs> i'm like wow okay okay <laughs> Wow. But I mean, that's the weird, I think that's true of any business though, is probably once you gain some kind of visibility and you become the person who does this thing, there are people that want to do that thing too. And if you're doing it, then they resent you for it or they're jealous Mm -hmm. or they just think they could do it better. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone says if they don't like a doll from Mattel or any big company. I could do that better. Or you could do that better. I like your one of a kind better. It takes six months for these people to make a one of a kind. They wouldn't last a day at the Alexander Doll Company or Integrity or to any company ever, right. or Volks or Mattel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, all of those people are trained and educated in a, a business side of design. Mm-hmm. And right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so that was, that was a hard thing to learn though. You know, you get criticized when you put out something you really love that means something to you yeah. and you have to suck it up and it's not always pleasant. What was, what do you think was one of the uh, challenging things about getting your magazine, you know, started? Well, I guess I, not, not so much started, but sustaining it for so long. Yeah. You know? Money. <laughs> it's all about the Benjamins. Oh, Benjamin. <laughs> uh, because, you know, as advertising waned, because companies went out of business, companies, mm-hmm. small mm-hmm. companies have no advertising money. This goes back to training too. If you think you're a business person, get your business degree and learn what it takes to launch a business. And part of what take what it takes is money to invest in self-promotion, media, and advertising. If you decide you don't need that and you're going to post shit on Facebook, you're going to be in for a big surprise as far as how well that's going to go or how mm-hmm. far your reach is going to be. And uh, all of these companies that have gone by the wayside and come and gone, you know, then you have no one to give you advertising and then it becomes just a labor of love. I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah. I could keep writing, I, you know, but that's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. Also, the other problem <laughs> is the age group, to be frank, is that 
most collectors are still in the baby boomer demographic and they don't like technology enough. So they were having a hard time with the digital downloads. They wanted paper. The magazine oh. was $10 to begin with. It would be $30 now. And then right. printing yes. went up. So it was, it was all sorts of things. Cost of printing went up. Advertising went down. Mm. Uh, the, the readers were aging out. The remaining oh. readers, like yourself, like, I'll start my own blog. I'll do my own podcast. I'll do my own thing instead of reading a magazine. And so it's just the natural course of things. It, it shifts and you either come up with some other plan to accommodate the shift, which is why we were digital, to do that. There were no more doll stores. I mean, at one point, in, in addition to Barnes and Noble and Borders, which is also gone, that was thousands of thousands of magazines distributed um, that went away. You know, we had like 45 doll stores in the United States alone and another 40, you know, in Europe and Asia and uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. That's all we have? Or as you said, we lost uh, those. We lost that many. You know, we, wow. we lost... I don't know how many dozens of doll stores through retirement or death or just going out of business. Mm-hmm. Yes. So wow. if you don't have doll stores advertising, you don't have doll companies advertising. That's true. Readership is old and dying. <laughs> There's not a lot left to uh, to make it keep working. Yeah. Not that, that I get that. I mean, you know, Godspeed to the next person who does come up with the answer to how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought, okay, I've hit a wall. Mm-hmm. So it's time to to wrap it up. And mm-hmm. better to wrap it up and not owe anybody money. Right. Yes. That was a promise I made to myself and to my husband. This I wasn't going to end this in debt. I decided a year ago so that people would run out their subscriptions and no one could come at me for three extra dollars that I owed them on PayPal or anything. Mm-hmm. When I was going to be done, I was going to be done. And I didn't sell my list. No one has my subscribers' names. I'm not selling the brand. No one's going to take it over and ruin it. You know, <laughs> taking it with me. You yeah, know, buried the magazine in my hand. <laughs> but but those are the kind of things you kind of have to think about so that all the work you've done doesn't go away or get stomped on or disregarded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes sense then. So how how are you transitioning like to, to pivoting to other things? Like where are you going now since you're not actually <laughs> publish, publishing the you know fashion doll quarterly? I have become an excellent baker and I have the extra 20 pounds to show for it during COVID. So there's that. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It's funny. I mean, I still take pictures and I still I have a photo studio and I have all my mm-hmm. dolls in there. And that's why I said I think I might do this photo school online because I am a, a teacher at heart and mm-hmm. I have all the wherewithal to do it. And so while people are going to the site for uh, back issues and downloads, they can go watch a little class, a nice short one, and they can download the chapter and, uh, you know, nice. the chapter. Maybe we can make some money that way. And then hopefully something will become clear to me. <laughs> yes. I understand. Yes. 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 You just, yeah. I thought about doing a menopause blog. <laughs> you know, that seems to be my demographic. So but now everybody's doing that too now. Yes. <laughs> so, no, 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 that's been done. Um, well, I, but th- there is a lot to be said for the generational thing because I, I learned yes. that teaching that when I started teaching 24 years ago, I was closer in age to my students than their parents. Now I'm older than mm-hmm. their parents. So now I'm closing in on being as old as their grandparents. And that mm-hmm. has kept me very fresh because you keep meeting 19 year olds and you see what's mm-hmm. going on. Who do they care about? Right. But then you realize you're further and further away from that dock. You know, you're out yes. on the boat. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, kids. 
And, and so it's not as interesting because even some of the newer dolls that are coming out, I don't like as much. Mm. They're not what I want. Right. And a lot of the dolls that I collected, like Tonner dolls and Jean, are gone. So that forces your collection to shrink because they literally don't make the dolls you buy. Mm-hmm. So that alters your passion for it too, because then you just have less interest in the business if you only collect one or two dolls. Right. Yeah, yes. that's true. That's true. Let it be someone else now who has that passion and what's what's in the market. And, that could be me. You know, <laughs> that could be Tammy. Trust me. She talks about so many dolls and so many people. I'm like, who? Okay. Let, let me let me get my, I, re- I, I my love research dolls. on. Yeah. And then she I love dolls. Yeah. I love all things dolls. You know, to be interviewing people and finding out about their journeys. And this is, this is a good gig. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like you said, it's Be really happy. fun to talk to people who get it. Yes. So you yes. don't have to be embarrassed and you, you can name drop and refer to things and they know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know what's funny is I didn't realize this at first, but now to this day, friends will surprise me. They'll buy me like a Playline Barbie. They don't realize that it's not really my area, but... The fact that they always think of me if they see a Barbie that they mm-hmm. think, oh, it looks like you're you with the glasses or it looks like this or I just thought you'd like it because you collect dolls. Um, it's kind of nice to be the eccentric, weird friend in the group. <laughs> you know, I have friends who at a party will say, oh, 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 Pat, tell them what you do. <laughs> like I'm going to sing or something. No, tell. It's really cool. Wait do you hear what she does? Because it's a weird niche. You know, it's not what you hear. Every- that's funny. So I've come to enjoy that. And I think you guys, you obviously enjoy it. So that, yes. that can be your, your vibe, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Love it, it does happen that way. You know, people do, because literally almost all the time now when I talk to people, they're like, oh, so what's up with the doll show? You know, what's up with the, you know, you're in the doll yes. podcast and they're just all so excited because it's something definitely totally different. So we had an editor at first and he would tell me, you know, I'm really not a doll guy. <laughs> there was his first thing. He goes, but I find those inter- those interviews so fascinating. You know, I mean, he's actually bought a couple of dolls because he's heard their stories. But, but he's like, I never thought about it that way. I never thought about the people who created dolls that way. And so you're never going to be you- at a cocktail party and have somebody go, oh, oh, wait till you hear what Bob does. He's an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> So it's kind of nice that you you're bringing something literally to the party that's, that's interesting funny. and eclectic, <laughs> and, and then people always fess up. Oh, I had a fill in the blank as a kid. Oh, my yeah. favorite doll was this, or or if they come to my house in the old days, on my in my old apartment on 110th Street, I had all my dolls crammed into my office bedroom. I was going to say you couldn't have them crammed in too far on 110th Street, <laughs> yes, New York City. <laughs> They're like on the subway and the guy cabinets. But people would absolutely find a way to go in there, you know, with wow. a because they were dying to see, you know, what's the new thing you got and what's this about? And oh, this one looks like a movie star. This one is, oh, this looks like my mother. And so even if they were trying to be too cool and mm-hmm. be above doll collecting, they kind of liked it. They wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah. This is our little our little tribe that we all understand the language. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's so true that is yeah. so true yeah yeah i mean I, I, I love your magazine i'm just glad it was still out there it's not there anymore physically but you know that you're not producing anymore but the beautiful magazine and Thank the you. pictures were amazing and the articles yeah. were just fabulous i mean i and it was like it was like a vogue of it really was and so yeah, that's what i beautiful. think it made it so unique but 
you could tell that you took your time and, and put your talent and your, you know, your heart and soul into that. And it was yeah. really beautiful. It, it, it was just beautiful. We're, we're all really sorry to see it go. I know you are too in that sense, you know, but yeah. so it's, it's, it's just the time. And, it's, yeah. and like you said, it's better to, to, to leave when it's still on top than uh, always leave wanting more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm excited yeah. to see your uh, classes. You're gonna be I am giving. too. I also wanted to make sure to, you know, to just say thank you to you because when we've talked about this offline, we were really honored yeah. to have you endorse us. I to support other women too. I mean, that's a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And yes. I was always really kind of going out of my way to find as many women as I could to write about as well as contribute and collaborate with. And yes. this was a frustration, like we talked about earlier, that it's yes, it aren't is. as many as you'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end, you you do have a couple of guys taking pictures and a couple of guys doing a layout or a design because you, you still want good people no matter yes. who they are. Mm-hmm. But it's always exciting on my end, too, if you can raise up other women doing something yes. that you think is really cool. And yes. it doesn't happen enough because, like I said, there aren't enough women stepping up. and. Mm-hmm. I would say like everybody needs to get off their ass and do something, you know, figure out what it's going to be, but yeah. Participate. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That well, yeah, true. that's the so. key is just saying you can do it, you know, to, to your earlier point about, well, men have money and maybe women are raising kids and stuff. Yeah. But it, like any business or any opportunity, there's no reason to say no. You know, there's no reason to think you can't do it, but be realistic about getting mm-hmm. some, credentials under your belt so you can mm-hmm. do it yeah that's true. everyone i've spoken to in general has had lots of experiences that if not directly certainly support the plan whether it's in the arts or design mm-hmm. or sculpting or something so that it makes sense that they could get to this place and mm-hmm. launch a successful product mm-hmm. that's not so much to ask really you know <laughs> I, I, think- I i think that that's those who rise above who, yeah. Those are the ones that we get to read about who mm-hmm. they get their dolls created and whatever. Because a, a lot of people, when we're talking to Joseph, Joseph was saying, I saw a lot of people come to the factory to get their dolls created. And I saw a lot of those people leave without a doll. Yeah. You know, s- somewhere along the point, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of, of getting this doll made, they ran out of money, energy, time, yeah. something, and they didn't get their dolls made. So, yeah, it's, we need people to come, I mean, as I say, come correct. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, again, a lot of people don't understand. So it is important that you get some education, that you look things up, that you don't just jump off, mm-hmm. you know, half cocked. Because yeah. even after you get the doll made, then it's how do you sell it? So mm-hmm. it's it's a long journey. You know, yeah. and Georgette and I talk about it because we play with the idea of, about doing a doll together, doll separately. You mm-hmm. know, what, what, you know, we, we talk about it. But, you know, p- part of the thing for us has been this journey has helped us to understand that journey. Yeah, better. totally. It has. I think the integrity of the person embarking on the business is an important aspect that you have mm-hmm. to get some credibility with the community in order to start something and people to give you money. Yeah, that's true. I definitely think that's true. That would be a tip I would give people. Yes. Yes. And that's good. That's really good. I know you. (laughs) 
Should I give you my money? Because eh, that's something you think about. Yeah, it is. It I is. mean, because it's, it's an investment into somebody else too. And but it's also, you know, you're 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 looking at them and saying this, you know, you're still you're investing too in me because you know I'm giving you something, you have to give me something back. And that's mm-hmm. and that's important. That comes with trust, you know, that just comes with trust and and and, and you want repeat customers. You, yeah, totally. Collectors collect. So that very beginning interaction with your community has to be one where there's trust and there's talent and mm-hmm. they know they're going to get their doll and yeah. they'll order another doll. Crazy. Well, you would definitely have seen the gamut of uh, the doll business being, uh, having a magazine like that. So you get to interview so many people. So And for Very so cool. long. Yes. Well, it, you, you should so also, you guys should interview someone at Volks. Um, Akari and Shino speak English, not fluently, but the greatest experience of my life in the doll community was going to Japan and seeing the inner workings of Volks and meeting the Shigeta family and understanding how he grew that business from doing Godzilla hobby monsters to wow. Super Dolphy. And wow. you know, they're as big as Mattel over there. Okay. Really? They're Dolpas. They have at a place called Big Sight in Tokyo that's like the equivalent of the Javits Center in New York packed with doll people buying stuff all day lines and lines it's the most extraordinary thing i've ever seen in my mind because we only see what we see here yeah whole other game really interesting you know my son is in japan so i was gonna say maybe he could translate for us if if they were saying that he's been there about three years and so he he speaks fluent japanese so that may be something we could yeah like I said, Shino and Akari, the, the two daughters that basically I think are running the company now, I think Mr. Shigeta's retired. Okay. His wife is retired. Um, but they're still around. It's, it's still a family business. Um, they went to college in Oklahoma. So oh, they, so they, oh, speak, okay. English, so they yeah. speak English. Okay. But they also have several people that are there to translate and clarify and proofread. Like whenever we send them an article, they make sure that mm-hmm. all the wording is correct and they go through the process of sending it back to us that makes sense in English. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's really, it was such an incredible experience. And of course, there's nothing like going there. Yes. Yes. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you know, that would be something that we would love to do, you know, even once, you know, once this COVID thing obviously is over to be able to take the doll world to a place where we could, you know, have, you know, get one or two people to shoot for us and, you know what I mean? Do the show from, from those places, because I think that would be just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's great to write about it. It's great to talk about it. But the experience of being there is just amazing. And yeah. mm-hmm. That was my other, the, before that, my greatest experience of my life. And you know, my husband doesn't feel bad, but I don't include my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I put this above our wedding, but he, he gets it, was to go to Mattel and to have yeah. access to their inner sanctum. I could see that. Amazing. Yes see where they shoot, see where they have business meetings, how they plan, go to the offices, watch them root hair, watch them do one of a kind face, yeah. watch them mm-hmm. debate which dolls stay in the line. I mean, that was a child's dream come true. That was just a mind blower. It was yeah. so Aww. amazing that I was not over it for a year. <laughs> oh, that's so cool though. You know, so, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot under my belt that has been tremendous and amazing and extraordinary. So it's all been worth it with all the other craziness and frustrations and, uh, you know, not retiring rich or anything, but um, 
a lot of good times. Lot of I was going to say lots of you know, rich more, with memories. Much more richer. That's all. Yeah. Different, rich, just different riches. So Absolutely. yeah. That's so cool. So where, where, where can people, I know you're not doing the magazine per se, but where can people uh, check out some things that, that are going to be happening for you now? Where can they, Probably they can still, still, still The website's still live. Okay. So like I said, if they, if I do the photo class, I'll put it there. And then I just usually post it on social media, like Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. Okay. Um, because again, it's that whole thing of having the, the um, existing community mm-hmm. a little easier for me to launch something like that because people know me and they know where to go to get stuff. And yes. I post it and I say, the link is there, you know, they'll go look. Um, okay. So, like I said, I'll probably do fairly short classes so that they'll accumulate over the weeks and months to be sort of an overreaching masterclass. Okay. Better term. Mm -hmm. Um, Specific to doll collectors and um, the issues with that, you know, different size dolls. I have little ones. I have big ones. So we'll cover all that. And then the good thing is, you know, the feedback people always, whenever I do these presentations say, can you tell me about this thing? And so then I can adjust accordingly and then do uh, a gig about that. Okay. Yeah, it's been great talking to you, Pat. Just, just too, an Lee. honor, and it's been a fun conversation and lots of learning. So, yeah, yeah thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, for thank you for sharing yes. your journey with us in the Dawn world. We're so excited. We've been been excited to have this interview for a while now. And, yes. And and again, we want to thank you for the the art, um, the the interview that you did with us, and we really appreciate that. And. Uh, you know, it has uh, made us very happy, happier about doing this show as well because of that. You know, we really appreciate yeah. it. it. It feels like what we're doing is significant. I mean, we have those, those, you know, those moments. It's like, what an honor. Fashion Doll Quarterly. She knows who we are. We exist. <laughs> and not only does she know who we are, we exist. She endorsed us. So it's just like, whoa, we must be doing something. And you know, she said yes to an interview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so, so much, much, Pat. Pat. Thank you, you stay have safe to... out there in New York. Okay? Yes. I'm hiding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Well, thank you again for being on us in the doll world, Pat. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It. Okay, love. All right. Cheers. Bye. 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 Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to In the Doll World. Me and Tammy really hope that you enjoyed the show. Please don't forget to share our podcast with other doll enthusiasts such as yourself. And if you would like to leave a message on how you enjoyed the show, or you want to suggest any guests that we should interview, as well as share information about what's happening in the doll community in your area, please know that you can reach out to us at georgette.inthedollworld at gmail.com and or tammy.inthedollworld at gmail.com. Also, if you want to see some of the photos we will be posting of our guests as well as the dolls that they talk about on the show, please visit www.inthedollworld.com. And until next week, add a little play into your life by collecting a doll, sharing a doll, or giving a doll a home. Until next week, thank you again for listening to In the Doll World.